Hallelujah. Amen. We bless the name of the Lord this morning. I welcome guests right at the end of the service. But I just want us to go into God's word this morning. And last week, the, the sound was very great. I don't know what it happened. Maybe because of the rains. Today I'm stretching my voice a bit, but it is well. Hallelujah. Today, I want us to look at something. It is still part of Arise and Shine, but it's something totally different from what we have been covering in the book of Isaiah. We saw that our God is good, and one of the things we've seen over the past three weeks is that what you expect eventually begins to shape your life. And I said in this year, let's expect that God is going to fulfill his promises. And the reason is very simple, because he always does. Our God is not a careless God. Our God is the living God. He is the Holy One of Israel. Amen? He watches over his word to perform it. And any word that God has declared in our lives this year, the Lord will watch over that word and there will be a performance in your life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank God for all the testimonies that are coming out of this year already. What God is doing, we just give him all the glory. Amen? Somebody sent me a testimony this week. He says, Pastor, I didn't apply for this job, but I've been invited for a job interview. And I said, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he continue to shine his face upon you. And just be gracious to you. Let him lift his countenance upon your life. And grant you peace. Amen. So today, I'm going to talk about money. I said, I'm going to talk about money. Amen. I think you, you, can, you can choose whatever title you want to give it, but uh, amen. But, but the title, the title I, 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 I just called the title tithing. That's what I titled it. I said tithing. But in it, I'm trying to talk. Why bother tithe? Why all these arguments about tithe? Why does tithe seem to cause a lot of wahala in the body of Christ? Why do people's blood pressure rise? When you talk about tithe. Why, why do people get angry. When you talk about tithe. Why bother tithe in any way. Why, why, why bother. Amen. So you can choose. Why do I get angry. When it's about tithing. Why bother about tithing. What's the nonsense about tithing. You can, you can give it whatever title. Amen. But I'm talking about tithing. And we're going to go to the book of Malachi. But before we read the book of Malachi, I just want to give you a bit of history. It looks like I'm becoming a historian now. The children of Israel had come back from exile. And when you begin to check Jewish history, you begin to find that Malachi was a contemporary of Nehemiah. And... Uh, they had come back from exile. And uh, Malachi begin, is living about 100 years after the Jews, the Israelites are back in Jerusalem from the Babylonian exile. And uh, Malachi begins to exhort the children of Israel to build the ancestral capital of Jerusalem and make all the necessary religious and social reforms and amends that need to happen at that point in Israel. What do you find interesting with the book of Malachi is that when you go to the very first chapter, Malachi reminds the nation of Israel, the children of Israel saying, you know what? You are loved. Amen? You are valued before God and you are not forgotten. And, and this morning I want to say those words to us. That 
Sometimes we may forget that we are loved, that we are valued, and that we are never forgotten by God. God begins to declare to the children of Israel, he says, I loved you. I loved you. I value you. You have never been forgotten. I always remember you. And I want us to understand this morning that God always remembers about us by name. I thought you were going to say amen. Hallelujah. God remembers us by name. God loves us. God values us. God has never, never, ever forgotten us. He is God. Hallelujah. He is not a confused God. So from the very first chapter, he tells them that. But then, when he is telling them that, they are right in the middle of neglecting God. And God says, you may neglect me, but I'll never neglect you. I still love you, I still value you, and I can never forget you. So the temple now has been rebuilt, and things are not going on well. The Jews that have come in, the Israelites that have come in and populated Jerusalem, they are just as corrupt as their ancestors who had been exiled. And Malachi is trying to tell them, look here, look here. The very reason why your ancestors had to go into exile is because God had to give them a punishment for neglecting him. And that's what prompted Jehovah to withdraw his protective cover over your fathers. And I am so amazed and it is so tragic for me to see that you, their offsprings, you're going straight back to their wayward ways. You are neglecting God with your hearts. You are neglecting God with your minds. And you are neglecting God even with your resources. Do you want to go back to exile? So, as you know in those days, really the main way that represented their giving to God was through sacrifices and mostly animal sacrifices. So when the temple now has been rebuilt, the animal sacrifices have restarted in Jerusalem, in Israel, and many are pretending to be faithful to God. Just like the way we do most of the times with tithing. We are, they are busy pretending to be faithful to God, when in truth, they are not faithful at all. That's what's happening with them. So, here is somebody else goes to check among the flocks. And then he finds the sheep that is a weakling among them. He takes it. And then he comes to the temple and to the Kohen, the high priest and the, 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 the priest. And, and then he begins to say, I came to present this as my gift to the Lord. This is what I'm sacrificing to the Lord. And then Malachi says, why are you doing that? Would you do that to your governor? If your governor came to you and said, I need, I require sheep to be given over as taxes for our coffers. Would you take this and give it to your governor? Why are you doing it to God? I think I told you a story one time. So a certain family invites a pastor. It's a true story. They invite a pastor and they say, Pastor, we are inviting you for a meal. So the pastor goes to this couple's house and the couple kills a chicken. Prepare a nice meal. Lay it on the table. And then the wife says, Pastor, can you pray for us? So, just before the pastor begins to pray, the Lord says, you know what? The chicken which they have killed is a one-eyed chicken. They, checked it, they had to find a chicken that was somehow disabled. So, I want you to ask them, why have they given you a one-eyed chicken? 
So the pastor says, uh, the Lord is saying, why have you killed a one-eyed chicken? And the people are shocked. Now, I always say this to people. You can never get blessed by with what you despise. If you despise anything, you can't get blessed. If you despise this land, you can't get blessed. Anything you despise, you can't get blessed with it. So that's the background of the book of Malachi. So let's go to Malachi chapter 3. And we're going to begin from verse 7. In my Bible says, bring the whole tithe. Not 5%, not 95%, not, not, not 2%, not 8%, not 9.5, not 9.9. Because the word tithe stands for tenth. One tenth. A tenth. That's what a tithe is. So the seven. From the days of your ancestors, you have turned aside from my statutes. That's the tree of life vision. And have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Yet you say, how should we return? Will a man rob God? For you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In the tithe and the offering. You have been cursed with a curse. Yet you keep robbing me the whole nation. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Then there will be food in my house. Now test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out blessing for you until no one is without enough. I will rebuke the devouring pest for you so it will not destroy the fruit of your land. No, will your vine be barren in the field, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed. For you'll be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. I, I happened some, a few weeks ago, I happened to be listening to Turning Point, And I found Dr. Jeremiah talking about similar issues. And I was like, praise God. Amen. And some of the thoughts that I'll share with you are thoughts I got listening to Dr. Jeremiah in Turning Point. But one of the very first reasons why you should tithe, why tithe matters, the very thing about tithe, we tithe when we put God first. The reason why we tithe, when we tithe, we are basically saying God, Everything I have, everything I am, even this life I have is not my life. It is your life. And therefore, God, I am deciding that I am putting you first. Hallelujah. I am putting you first. I'm not going to give you some leftovers. I'm not going to give you a one-eyed chicken. I'm, I'm giving you everything, 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 God. So I am putting you first. Amen. And you know, it's amazing when you look at scriptures. God says to the faithful, I'll show myself faithful. To the pure, I'll show myself likewise. To him who is crooked, I will be shrewd. Amen. So it's very important for us as a church and as children of God to understand that no matter what, the first of our paycheck, the first of our income goes to God and it goes to God first if God is first in your life. Hallelujah. Tithing is not an afterthought. Tithing is, is, is not something else that you have to think about, okay, fine, I've covered all the bills, now let me tithe. No, 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 no. The challenge is this. When you really get serious that, yes, now I'm going on this journey, I'll be faithful before God, then bills begin to come up. And there are moments, it has happened in my life before, when you begin to say, you know what, if I was not going to tithe, I was going to cover this bill, this bill, 
this bill, this bill. So maybe I'll tithe next month. I'll tithe next year. I'll tithe later. But when you come to tithe, tithing has to be the first. The first paycheck that comes up before you begin to spend anything. Just say, God, here is your money. Let us not be in trouble with each other here. Amen? You, you send it, you give it to God. You just send it over. You say, you say, God, this is your money. Now, Lord, I want to see what you are going to do because now I need to survive on this 90% that is remaining. And God has decided that you're not going to become my second priority, my third priority, my fourth priority, my fifth priority, my tenth priority. You are my first priority. And therefore, God, I am giving you what is yours. And now, that's where people now begin to become very wise. Because it's like, okay, so pastor, which one do I type? Do I type on my net? Do I type on my cross? When you were telling your friends that you've got a job, you were busy telling them, hey, I have found a really nice, great job. Eh? And the salary is five million. That was before tax. So you don't type on net, you type on cross. Everybody say amen. Everybody say hallelujah. You type on cross. MRA doesn't trust you. That's why they say we are putting a law. We are putting a law that before your salary is paid, let somebody deduct. Unfortunately, they just abuse the money. Because I'm telling you the truth. If taxes were being used for what they are intended, Malawi wouldn't be where it is today. Malawi would have moved. We would have been very far. May God forgive them. Hallelujah. So, they don't trust you, but they take by force. They say you don't pay tax. No tax clearance certificates. You don't pay tax. It's, it's by force, by fire. God says, I trust you. Just give the 10%. And you tithe on gross. You don't tithe on net. And the first paycheck goes to who? Goes to God. Hallelujah. I hope it's clear. If you are in business, you don't tithe on the capital. You tithe on the profit. So whatever the profit is, before you now begin to spend a profit, you have some shares. You have been given your dividends. Before you begin to spend on the dividends, all of you are busy buying the Shares, those are those ones that are going for more than 10 quarters. You remember those ones? Those shares. You're busy buying shares right now. When the dividends come, when the dividends come, you say, what is 10% of these dividends? And then you give it to God. Hallelujah. So you tithe. When, when you do that, I want to challenge you. I want you to understand. I want you to know. God is going to bless you in ways more than you can imagine. Hallelujah. A lot of us know what we do with our money. And what we do with our money reflects our priority system. Because some people in the church are really so worked up by their tribal grouping. And they will donate and they will give. When it comes to God, it becomes a problem. It just shows your priority system. So number one, when we tithe, we are putting God first. Number two, when we tithe, we prove God's promise. So let's go back to that scripture that we are looking at. Malachi chapter 3. In verse 10, after God has sorted out the issues with them, in verse 10 he says, You have been cursed with a curse. You keep, yet you keep robbing me, uh, you whole nation. That's verse 9. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Then there will be food in my house. Look at that part. It says, Now test me in this. You test me in this. It's more or less like God is saying, You know what? 
I, I, I want to challenge you. You try me in this. You test in me in this. And let's, 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 let's bet. If I will not, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and begin to pour out for you a blessing that is so great that there will not even be room enough for you to keep that blessing. That one, it's a challenge. God says, you test me in this. Test me. Test me and see if I won't bless you. Test me. Hallelujah. Now, I think God cannot be as plain as he has put it in that word. He can't be as plain as if he says, you test me. Let's see what's going to happen. Just try it. Just test me. And let's see if I want to do what I have said I'm going to do. Hallelujah. So, you know what is required? You just have to decide. You just have to decide. God has said it. I'll test him. It's not something that you have to say, Lord, I need to pray about this. Let me get ready emotionally, psychologically, sociologically, biologically, physically, and all those other ones. No, 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 no. This one, you just say, you know what, God? You have said it. You say, I should test you. I will test you. And when I test you, I'll put in practice what you're saying. Let's see if you are God. Because if you don't do what you have said, then I can stand on the rooftop and say, I have proved he's not God. Hallelujah. I have proved he's not God. Because it's God who says, I want to meet your needs. And all of us have got needs. All of us. We have got needs. And God says, you know what? Actually, when you check there, it looks like that's the only time that God says, you test me. You try me. You try me. You try me. Bring the tithe. You try me. You dare try me. And you see what I am going to do. If I'm not going to keep my word. If I'm not going to bless you, if I'm not going to open the windows of heaven and give you a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to keep that blessing, you dare try me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you want to see that God can meet your needs, that God maybe cannot meet your needs, then the answer is there. You just have to trust it. You just have to trust him. Because what God does, God, he just does it. And when you begin to tithe, that when you begin to, when God is saying, you test me, basically, you cannot do that if you don't honor God. That's why I said, you cannot get blessed by somebody you despise. But when you begin to honor him, even if it puts you in a tighter position, let's see him then. Let's see what he's going to do. Because if you want to tithe, when you have enough, and you have met all your needs, and you put him last, you, it will be hard for you to see that God can provide. Amen. So the best way to do it, you just straighten out your priorities, and you tithe. You say, God, you're my first priority. I'm putting you first, and I want to watch if you are going to help me sort out everything, I want to see if you are going to do it. I'm going to take action. I'm going to do what you have said. And I want to see if you are going to bless, if you are going to fulfill your word. If you take the action, if you try to take the action after the blessing, it will be hard. Take the action before you get the blessing. Hallelujah. Take the action before you get the blessing. You just give it over to God. And it is, this is what teaches you to begin to learn to trust God. Amen. How can I live on 90? It's amazing what happens. Later on, when we come to the rebuking of the pests and everything else. Somehow, it just looks like the car, the car tires don't run, went out. Somehow, the, the car tires, they just don't worn out. The, the, the electricity units in the house... You, you go and check and you go like ah, how much did you buy? No, I bought 10,000. 
all this time, 10,000 has been taking us only one month. But why is it we are already in the third month or the other month and the 10,000? And this one is, there's no blackout. And somehow, the units just seem to be there. The soap, the groceries, for the first time, the children just seem to be very careful the way they are using sugar. It's you, you have been shouting all this time. Hey, mukumaononga sugar panyumbapan. Mukumaononga sopa panyumbapan. You just tithe and then God on his own, he says, you don't waste sugar. Hallelujah. Somehow, it, it, God just begins to do it. You are not having breakdowns. You are not having any challenges. God just begins to come through for you. And God says, you test me and see if I will not bless you. Hallelujah. So the challenge is not with God. The challenge is with us. Because this word, this word remains exactly the same as it was then. Amen. Hallelujah. So God, he says, you test me. You test me. In verse 11, it says, I will rebuke the devouring purse for you, so it will not destroy the fruit of your land, nor will your vine be barren in the field. Now, it's amazing when you go to Israel. Yes, there are all these other industries and everything else, but you see fields of vines and grapes and olives and what and everything else running from one end to the other end and the place is so mountainous and you get amazed how can God do these kind of things right here so because they were an agriculture community they understood what God was saying and when when you tithe you begin to profit from God's provision you begin to profit from that Amen. It says all the nations will call you blessed. And for you, for you will be a land of delight. Says the Lord of hosts. You as a person, you'll be a person of delight. So, when God says, see if I'm not open for you, windows of heaven, in places you never dreamed of, that's a personal one. There's a personal blessing that God is giving you says, there is a personal blessing I have for you. I want to give it to you. You test me in this and see if I will not do it. So God is basically saying, you know what? There is going to be a sudden surge of activity, an overflow of activity, a flood of activity. And, and when you see that, that scripture there, let's go to Genesis chapter 7. Chapter 7. Because what you find here, what God is challenging the children of Israel, is exactly what is happening in the days of Noah. In verse 10, it says, chapter 7, after the seven days, the flood waters were upon the land. Now, he has opened the windows of heaven now. Because the Bible actually says he opened, he opened the heavens. So he says, after seven day, after the seven days, the flood orders were upon the land. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on this day, all the water sources, I love that word, all the water sources of the great deep burst open. And the windows of the sky were opened. Then there was rain upon the land 40 days and 40 nights. And God says, you test me in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. God is more or less like challenging you. Like, there, 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 there is what I call the great deep. And I'm going to make it burst open, when it bursts open, the windows of the sky will be opened. Hallelujah. He says I'm going to do it. In Genesis chapter 7, it's to give people punishment. In Malachi chapter 3, it's to release a blessing. Same style. Amen. God begins to provide for you in unexpected ways. 
you begin to see people bring you bring you things the things that you never thought people people begin to do things amen let's go to let's go to proverbs let's go to proverbs proverbs chapter 3 Proverbs chapter 3. It's time to, to challenge God and say, God, you're spoken, we'll see. Amen? We will see. In verse 5, Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Your own understanding is the one that you say, okay, let, let us pay everything first. Then whatever remains we'll give to God. That's your own understanding. But it says you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, including your money, you acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear Adonai and turn away from evil. Verse 8. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Verse 9. Honor Adonai. Honor the Lord with your worth. Somebody say, I will honor the Lord with my worth. Honor the Lord with your worth and with the first. With not the second, not the third, not the fourth. But it says, with the first of your entire harvest. Other versions of the Bible says, with the first of your increase. Then in verse 10. Then your bands will be filled with plenty. Your fats will overflow with new wine. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I will read all these scriptures today. Luke chapter 6. And in verse 38. This is what the word of God says. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, will be given into your lap. For whatever measure... You measure out will be measured out back to you. So if you are not trusting God, if you are not trying God, you are missing out on what God wants to do in your life. Amen? Because why? You are trying to play itself. You need to trust God. And the Bible says you trust him with all your heart. You don't lean on your own understanding. You don't begin to try to be wise in your own eyes. You just say, God, you have said this word. I will obey this word. I will do my part. Let's see what you're going to do. If you are in need, God, and let's see if you fulfill your word. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. After the church in Macedonia had given, not out of their plenty, but they had given even in their most distress of times. In verse 19, Paul tells them, he says, because you have done this, let, 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 let's go to verse 14. Maybe, let me begin from verse 10. Philippians 4. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me Though you were concerned before, but lacked opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need. For whatever circumstance I am in, I have learned to be content. I know what it is to live with humble means. And I know what it is to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of contentment. Both to be filled and to go hungry. To have abundance and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ. Through the Messiah who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share in my trouble. Now, you Philippians also know that in the beginning of the good news. When I left Macedonia. Not a single community partnered with me in giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent something for my need more than once. Not that I am looking for a gift, but for fruit that overflows. 
to your credit. Now, this one is not ngongole. This one is when you go to the bank, you put in money. The money that is in the account is to your credit. The money that you withdraw is called a debit. So Paul is telling them, he says, your giving, because of your giving, that one is being credited into your account. Hallelujah. Verse 18. But I have received everything. And I have more than enough. I am amply supplied, supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you sent. A fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. My God will fulfill every need of yours according to the riches of his glory. In Christ Jesus, the Messiah, to our God and Father, be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So church, I want you to understand. Don't just be walking around and say, hey, my God shall supply all my need according to, all, to his riches in glory. In Christ Jesus. And yet you are not faithful before God. Hallelujah. Because it's a waste of time. It will not profit you anything. But when you know I have given a sweet, smelling sacrifice, bringing aroma before God. Yes, I have given even in my hardest of times. God, it's credited to my account. I told you a story the other day of a, of a person who says, you know what, Pastor, I am amazed by God. School fees for my child has been fully paid. The medical insurance for my child has been fully paid. And yet we were busy scratching our heads what we're going to do. Now, I had to do something else that I normally don't do. I had to do something that I normally don't do. I checked, I checked the tithing of that guy. Now, this is a person. You, you may be shocked. This is a person that sometimes gives a tithe of 3,000. Sometimes gives a tithe of 1,000. And the way the fees was paid was somebody else outside of this country. Says, I have heard that your child is going to this school and I just wanted to check if you need anything. You know what God has been telling us is, I will send a man from a far country. And, and, and somehow they just send them the money. When they were telling me the amount, it was over $1,600. The money was sent to them, wired to them, there and then. They went, paid the fees, paid the medical insurance, everything else done. And they said, but this God has really shocked us. This is a person who gives a tithe, sometimes of 3,000. And all of a sudden, they receive supply of goods. That gives them a profit already of over 900,000. And then they say, the other supply is already over two million plus of goods that have just been given to us. And I said, I told, I told the person, I said, I don't normally go and check how people are tithing in church. But when you told me this, I tried to go and check. And in my own wisdom, I am thinking God is honoring you because you have honored him. And for him, it's not the amount. For him, it's not the amount. Amen? It's, it's, it's what God has said. And this person has been persistent, persistent, persistent. The other story I was telling you, same stuff. And God then says, I will also bless you materially. I will bless you in material ways. I will rebuke the devourer. I will rebuke the pest. Do what I ask you to do. Then I'll rebuke the devourer. Now, I love this part because the Bible doesn't say the pastor will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. This one is more or less like God says, you test me. Then I'll open windows of heaven and give you a blessing. There will not be room enough for you to receive that blessing. Then God says, now, on this one, I'm not giving the pastor. On this one, I'm not giving the bishop. On this one, I'm not giving the very reverend and right reverend and... Most high reverend, I'm not giving them on this one. This one, the one that will rebuke is me, God. It's me, God. It's me who will do the rebuking. 
So you may stand with me and say, Pastor, please stand with me. Pray with me, Pastor. And Pastor, I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you, devil. I pray this day God will be saying, you know, just, just rebuke because you are sweating for nothing. This guy, it's me who needs to rebuke. And he has not been faithful. Hallelujah. The guy hasn't been faithful. So some of these things, that I'm not saying all of them. Because you know yourself what you do with your money. But I'm saying some of these things, God hasn't been redoing the rebuking part. Some of these things. And I know you're quiet. But I'm telling you the truth. Because for the children of Israel, their mainstay when it comes to uh, when it comes to their economy. It was their animals, it was, it, was, it was their crops, it was all those other things. Agriculture community. We have a farming in Chinji. There was a year when we plant, and I'm telling you, army worms attacked the farm. I went there, I saw the army worms, and I was heartbroken. That's the only time I've gone to our farm and stayed at the farm for not more than 10 minutes. Jumped back into the car. Drove off. But somehow, even after army worms, that was the year we harvested over 1,000 bags of maize. And I was like, now, if the army worms didn't come. Now, it's a year when harvest was so hard in Malawi, and people were saying, Chima ngajake munapjala kutiko, vula yaeke itio. And, and God just had to take care of that. If there is one thing I have purpose, don't think this is a pastor who is preaching to you about tithing and is the first crook. No, I give my tithe. And I think last year I gave, I gave tithe to this church of over, of over six million, if I'm not wrong. Last year I gave tithe. I can calculate next week and give you the figures. Because I ask for a receipt. I say, I want my receipt. I want my receipt. Amen? I tithe. You give me 10,000 quarter, I will tithe 1,000. You give me 3,000, I will tithe 1,000. I, 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 I've just made it a habit. I will tithe. And I've seen God provide in ways I cannot even believe. Sometimes people think, oh, Pastor McDuff is very rich. Recently, I had a white friend who came to our house. And then he was asking me, he said, oh, so your son, uh, this, this friend of ours is from the U.S. He says, so your son, um, where, where is he going for university? I said, oh, no, he has applied about nine universities. So uh, we are just waiting. He has received this and scholarship, blah, 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 blah. blah. We, we are waiting to make a choice finally. So, the person says, nine universities where? He said, uh, in the U.S. and Canada. He says, hey, you are a rich man. I said, why? He says, when I was in the U.S., when I was finishing to go to uni, my parents clearly told me, you are only applying to one. Because we don't have money to pay for application fees and all these other fees for nine universities. It was only one. And you sit in this house. You are applying nine. Hey, you are a rich man. I said, hey, by grace. Now, a lot of people think like that. But it's, I, I, I can assure you, there's somebody else in this room right now who knows the testament of what happened last week. Last week, I was seated at home Minding my own business, I get a phone call from somebody that says, like, uh, is that Pastor McDuff? Yes. Uh, we have a meeting at Crossroads tomorrow. And we need somebody to come and facilitate for our meeting. I said, like, oh, no, but I'm not. I'm only available tomorrow because the other day. You remember last time when I was saying sometimes you go like, ah. ah. You remember that one? I did it. And, and the person says, no, 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 no. And cutting a long story short, I had to go do that job. I didn't apply for it. I went there. I did the job. I finished the job. And people were like, this was great. 
please, we are going to refer you to this one, we refer you to that one, we refer you to that one. I had to come back home the following day because the following day I needed to be in Mangochi. So we had to plan with my son that we are going to leave a bit late. We had to leave late and drive to Mangochi and then we are in Mangochi. We came back yesterday after a car broke down on the way to Mangochi. But the Lord sent an angel. There was a point the car broke down in the middle of the bush. Some four guys, I, I was like, God, if these ones are coming to attack us, may you send your fire. Because also sometimes you are afraid, eh? especially if it's in the bush. And the guy says, any problem? No. They, say, oh, they come, they check the car, they remove something else. They say, you know what? You can drive. You can actually get to Lilongo. It's okay. You can drive. And they don't ask us any money. And that's how we got out of the bush. We get to a certain place. Check the car one more time. Drove it all the way just before Kwekwerere. Then a mechanic comes all the way from Lilonge to come fix the car and we drove. And we go home. Amen. And these two jobs I have had this week are jobs I didn't apply. People looking for you. Now, if I am jealousy and I want only things to work for me, I'll keep it. But I'm saying I want God to bless you because you know what? The only way a church gets blessed is when the people in the church are blessed. You can be wishing to tithe, but if you have nothing to tithe, what are you going to do? Are you going to tithe air? Hallelujah. So I'm saying let God open doors. Hallelujah. But you be faithful in this. So that your crops are prosperous. The pests, the destructive forces, let them not touch anything that belongs to you. Let God protect, let God provide for you in material ways you can never imagine. In First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, he is like a roaring lion. The roaring lion in First Peter 5, 8 is a devil. And that's why I told you things just seem to last longer. Even finances last longer. The cars last longer. The appliances in the house last longer. And it just seems to be working and working. And because of that, you begin to gain confidence. Our confidence comes when we begin to walk with God. When we sense that we are right at the center of his protective care. The Lord protects. So whilst God may bless, directly bless your finances. He may also choose to bless other areas of your life. He may bless your family. He may bless your children. He may bless your health. He may bless your career. He may bless the spiritual conditions of those who you love. So that, that that person in your family who has been causing you a lot of trouble and every month you've been sending the money. I, I, we watched a clip when I was at Crossroads. There was this young man who would beat his mother who would harass his mother because they had retired, they went to the village and now they're in the village and the guy says, I want money, 5,000. So one day the sister calls him. Says like, uh, how much money do you need? He says, I need 5,000 to start sending cassava. So the sister says, I'll send you 10,000. But I don't have money now, I'll send it to you on 27th. When 27th came, the money did not arrive. And the guy starts harassing, beating them up. He says, as for me, 27 is 27. You don't joke. And there's some kind of people in the family sometimes that because of what you are doing, God somehow just touches their spiritual condition and all the ohala is gone. Because that money has been going into a deep hole. Hallelujah. God takes care of everything. That's why I'm shouting. When we walk in obedience to the Lord, we are protected. God begins to provide for us personal and material blessing, but he also provides spiritual blessing. He says, you'll be called a delightful land. A delightful land. I will honor you. I will lift you up. And if you put, if you give to God in a right way, God honors you. God lifts you up. So I want you to be faithful in giving to this ministry. God will bless you. Hallelujah. And let me correct this. You don't give a tithe to a person. You don't give a tithe. You, say, you, don't, you don't say, hey, Pastor McLaugh, so I wanted to give my tithe to you. You don't give a tithe to a pastor. Amen? And you also don't share it half-half. Say, so this one, 
uh, 5% KICC, 5% the ministry where I go to in the afternoon. The 10% comes to the church. And everybody says, don't say I, I divide it. 1% I send to America. 2% I send to India. This one, I give this tithe as, as charity to support that NGO. Ah, you, that one now you give from your 90%. The 10% you give it to God. You bring it to the house. Hallelujah. You bring it. You, you say, God, I am faithful. I'm giving it to you. And that's why I'm saying a church can't get blessed if the people in the church are not blessed. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Number four. When we tithe, we praise God's name. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance. Honor the Lord with your worth. Proverbs 3, 9, we read. You know what? If I want to honor faith gender, I'll tell you the truth. This is one of the things I'll do. So, let's assume it's, it's faith is birthday. And uh, I remember it's faith is birthday. Then I go to say, because maybe I've been talking to her for a long time. I've known something else that she, she really wants. So I go to game, and then I get a voucher. A voucher. And the voucher is 90000 or 100000 I put it in an envelope, in a birthday card. I put it in a birthday card. I send her the birthday card. And she opens the envelope and finds in the envelope that there is a birthday card, but there is also a voucher for game to go and get exactly what she has been desiring all these years. She's going to say, Pastor Macduff, the way she talks, Pastor Macduff, can you honor me like this? I, I want you to know, when you want to honor somebody, you spend. Hallelujah. You spend. If you really want to honor somebody, you spend. So a person is honored when you go out of all your way. To show that you are committed to them. When you stand with them. David one time. Told around. He says you know what. I will not give to God that which costs me nothing. I will not give to God that which costs me nothing. I, I will give to God that. When you honor God. It will cost you something. Tell your neighbor. If you honor God. If you want to honor God. It will cost you something. Hallelujah. My wife had her birthday recently and I didn't have money. I went out of my way. I went out of my way. And I think she was thinking, what's going to happen? And then people are saying, okay, so pastor, has he given you flowers? I say, if you knew. If you knew. Because I didn't have money. But I went out of my way. And, and when, 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 I, when I gave her that, she said, uh, where did you get the money? Because she knew I didn't have money. I said, I found it. I have to now show off as a man. I found it. I found it. But you know what? She felt honored. She felt honored. She really felt honored. In last year, October 19, we go to Blunder for Pastor Moffat's uh, birthday. His wife decides want to surprise him. And so on the day of birthday, he says, Pastor Mo, you know, we don't have any money. Things are really tough. And Pastor Mo knows that things are really tough. So we're not doing anything for you. We'll just have a meal together in the evening for us as a family. But don't be surprised because dad is sick. Some KICC women will be coming over to see him. And tomorrow morning we have got a winning women meeting. So somebody else will be bringing in a tent and, uh, and they will fix this place just for that and all that. And Pastor Moffat is so naive. He trusts her. So then water runs out. Then he has to go to his office with Tanda. We go, they go to the office. I arrive with my wife. I say, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? When you are late, that's all you do. Where is he? Because now the, the plan is not working the, the way it was supposed to. So I said, oh no, he's going to the office. I said, call him. Tell him Pastor McDuff is coming there right now. So I drove all the way to his office at Afrox. I said, Abus, I want to surprise you today. I'm taking you to Mulanji. He said, so, to Mulanji. I said, I'm taking you to Mulanji. So I drove to Mulanj. 
We drove all the way to Mulanje. This is a plan between me and Chakubu. I drove all the way to Mulanje. We stay in Mulanje. It's 5 o'clock we are in Mulanje. Past 5 we are in Mulanje because I'm getting updates. So when we are driving back, I tell him, I say, you know, I dropped my daughter at Kanjeza. We need to go pick my daughter. We have to go to the uh, hotel and change because my wife left her at your house. So we need to change because I'm planning to take my family out for dinner. So, Pastor Moffat sits in the car waiting for us. Amanda comes, change, I come, change. We are driving and say, honey, we are on the way. And Han says, no, you need to delay a little bit because I haven't, I haven't ironed my dress yet. We are speaking in coded language now. And I said, no, 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 we are late. Eh? Because now it's past seven. So we drove and we go there. So as we drive, he sees a car. He says, ah, maybe they came to see Jago's dad. But, and, and now I just drive speed, park the car, and he sees people seated under the tent. And, and everybody else is coming. Happy birthday. He turns over to, to, he turns over to me and says, Pastor Macbeth, may God forgive you. The man felt honored. I went out all my way to drive to Mulanji. My fuel, which he hasn't paid back. But I had to honor the man. Hallelujah. When people want to honor you, they go out of their way. So when you see people do things for you, that make you begin to scratch their head and go like, how could they go all the way? It's because they want to honor you. Don't take it for granted. Hallelujah. Don't take it for granted and say, hey, isn't it what they were supposed to do? Even when your children honor you, when your children bring you, uh, they bring you a birthday cake and a breakfast with the strawberries and a poached egg and, you, and some sausage and you are in bed and your children say, mommy, daddy, happy birthday is because they want to honor you. They are going out of their way. But then, unfortunately, the sausage has got a little bit of salt. And they say, you don't know how to fry sausage. That's not what you say. The person went out of their way to honor you. Hallelujah. So that's what happens. So if you love God, don't expect that it won't cost you anything. It will cost you something. Amen. You spend. You spend. And if you want to know an example of giving, look at God himself. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we tithe, number five, we personalize God's word. Giving is a personal act. It's not a church act. And Paul, when he was telling the church in Corinth, he says, first day of the week, Make a decision what you're going to give. You, you make a decision. You don't come to church. I'll touch a bit of offering here. You don't come to church because some of us are so clever that we have taught our hand to feel how 50 kwacha feels, how 20 kwacha feels, how 1,000 feels, how 500 feels, and how 2,000 feels. So we come into church and then it says, Pastor McDuff says it's time for giving. Then you put your hand in the pocket. The women go into their handbags. Those ones, they open it small. They find the 50 watch. That's dishonor. Because I watch you guys, you buy samosa. Don't think I don't see. I see you. I see you, you buy samosa. I say, yeah, they are honoring each other. I see those plastic bags, the blue ones. I see them. Now, don't spend samosa 1,000 kwacha, when in church that day, you get 50 kwacha for offering. It's an insult to God, not to the pastor. Amen? Samusa, let's eat. They have the frozen one, the unfrozen one, and the cooked one, and all that, and the mandasi, the mazoes, let's buy. But don't buy Mazoe 3,000 and that offering you made your hand to fill a 20 quach. It's an insult to God. Hallelujah. Let's buy for each other. Individually, each one of us, we are responsible to God. 
You know what? KICC Malawi will not be responsible, will not give account on your behalf on judgment day before God. Pastor McDuff will stand alone. We are not going to say we used to go to KICC. No, 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 no. Amen? Finally, when we tithe, we practice godliness. What is to be godly? To be godly is to be like God. That's what godliness is about. And to be godly is to be obedient to what God is saying. When you look at the currency of heaven, it's obedience. So you, you, you stand on that word. So when God tells you something, you do it. And when you do it, that's what it means to be godly. And when God tells you something to do it and you don't do it, that's disobedience and that's being ungodly. Hallelujah. So you say, God has told me to tithe and therefore I will do it. And that is what? Godliness. Amen. Because if I don't do, that's disobedience and it's ungodly. If all this time you have not been tithing, I want you to make a decision. Test God and start doing it now. Don't go home and go like, no, I want to go and think about it next week. Today what you can do, if you really want to test God, all you can do is, before next Sunday, you can get an envelope and say, this is my envelope for tithe. You already know your gross. You don't need to go and calculate it again. You just write on the envelope, this is my tithe. You write on it. You put in a piece of paper inside the envelope and say, I'm bringing the money next week. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. But if, if you want to go and say, oh, let's go home and pray about it. Let me discuss with my wife. Your wife works. You work. You don't need to go and discuss. Hallelujah. You don't need to go and discuss. Because if you invest your life in the things of God, you will never find your life empty. You will never. It will be Ephesians 3.20. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what I can think or imagine. And I want us to know as children of God, God rewards, honors, faithfulness. But most importantly, he honors his everlasting word. And in the book of, I think, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if I'm not wrong, he says, it is required that a steward be found faithful. Hallelujah. Now the honor is on you. You want to see God move in mighty ways? Test God. Try God. Try him. Try him this year. Try him and see. Because remember, it's our year of arising and what? Shining. And I want you to tell the truth. It will be a struggle for us to shine when our pockets are not shining. Amen? When our pockets are not shining, you want to buy somebody a birthday gift, you want to buy somebody a card, and you can't even afford a card. May you be a blessing into somebody's life. We have challenged each other this year say, let's be a blessing. Let's be a blessing to somebody. Because the Bible says, then men will give to you out of their bosom, in, the, in your bosom. They will give to you. Let's be like the Philippians church. Let's honor God. And God says, you will be a delightful land. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank and bless you this morning. We lift up your name. We glorify you. We adore you, O oh God. You are God. Your word is truth. In Joshua 1.8, you said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you will meditate on this book day and night that you be careful to observe and do everything that is written in this book. Then you say, then your way will be prosperous and you'll be successful. We want success. We want to be prosperous. We know the answer is in your word. We choose today to obey your word in the name of Jesus. May you be exalted. May you be uplifted. To you be the glory. To you be the honor. 
in the mighty name of the Lord, we bless you. We worship you. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen? So, let's give to the Lord. And as we normally do every Sunday, anybody who has brought a tithe this morning, please kindly stand. Let me pray for you. If you brought a tithe to church today, please stand up. I want to pray for you. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we want to thank and bless you. You've spoken to us about tithing today. I'm praying in Jesus' name for these brothers of mine and sisters of mine who are practicing godliness right now. Who are personalizing your word, taking you at your word and praising your name. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Let them see your provision. Let them experience a personal blessing, material blessing, spiritual blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. May you prove your promise in your life, in their lives in Jesus' name. Pour out your blessing. God, that they will have more than enough. Rebuke anything that represents a purse or a devourer. Let them not suffer in the land. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, bless them, Lord. Glorify yourself, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, open doors, open doors for them. Let things that, let them own farms without paying a cobble. Let them own things without paying anything, but just being given to them. We pray in Jesus' name. In this year, we want to see your promises fulfilled. For you are God. Thank you that the money is not theirs, it's yours. And they're acknowledging it. And we want to declare even the money we have is not ours, Lord. It's yours. We bless you. We worship you in Jesus' name as we pronounce a blessing upon their lives. Amen. Amen. Let's lift up our offering. Let's just lift up our offering. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up our offering to you. Your word says, give. It shall come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men give to your bosom? We pray in Jesus' name. Let a blessing that runs over come because of our obedience to your word. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.